Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Anne-Marie Hancock, an author with a strong background as a TV host and journalist. Anne-Marie has always been close to her mother, but a few years ago, she had the experience of walking with her mother through illness that ended her life. She kept a journal, which is now her new book, and we're going to have a good conversation about that. Anne-Marie Hancock, good morning. It is truly so wonderful to have you join us this morning. It's a pleasure, Kate. I'm delighted to be here. It's a beautiful fall morning in Virginia. Well, it's not quite light enough to tell what the day has in store, but here we say, wait five minutes, and it's sure to change. We take what comes our way and make the best of it. Which is, I think, Always. what we're right, which is really kind of the core, the guiding principle of this incredible book. You can't drive your car to your own funeral. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. This uh, book is very, very special to me. I did not intend to write the book. I kept a three year journal while caring for my mother with terminal cancer. And then, after all was said and done, I, of course, went back, reread my journal and was stunned at the lessons that were there for me to learn. Really stunned um, at the new tools that I'd acquired in my box by necessity. And then when decided to take that journal and put it into book form, I was particularly passionate because I had the opportunity, or I should say blessing, to donate all the proceeds from this book to multiple sclerosis. My daughter has suffered with this disease for 20 years, so I am protecting the purity of intention and really, really have a deep desire and love for people and desire to help them. And help in capital H form is definitely what we will find in the pages of You Can't Drive Your Car to Your Own Funeral. It's really succinct. It's so many thoughts and feelings, honesty and and pain and joy, all of that mixed in together. We can't help but find just the nuggets that we need at any particular time. That is so kind of you to say, Kate. I deeply appreciate it. I found a tremendous need for two things, faith and humor. And that is how I basically survived and with joy this journey with mom. She was a very complex person, and we all, without exception, have a complex person in our lives. And that being the case, you don't have to have terminal cancer to be a complex person. So the book was not designed just as a caretaking guide, but much more than that, because in my travels, in my speaking across the country, I have found just a tremendous number of people who basically suffer dealing with difficult people, and many will tell me they don't have the tools in their box. And, you know, I always tell them, God is at the helm. He stays up 24 hours a day. He's always there. He's always available unless I've completely worn him out. (laughs) But also, your sense of humor, and if I may, maybe I could share a couple examples from the book. Beautiful. Where I found humor to be my saving grace. I do that. I really want you to do so, please. Oh, thank you. My mom was Irish. 
and she was very direct. I absolutely adored her, but day in and day out, we would have challenges. So one day, we are driving to a doctor's appointment. The journey was a three-year journey to MRIs, CAT scans, and all the things that you associate with sickness. We're going down Charter Colony in Richmond, Virginia. I had picked her up in the morning. She was quiet, and all of a sudden said, Ann, you're a moron. (laughs) And I said, what, Mom, what, what did you say? She said, you're a moron. I pulled over to the side of the road, and I said, what's going on, Mom? You seem to be upset. She said, you're going the wrong way. We're not going that way. We're going to Dr. Kapadia today. You're a moron. I said, Mama, two years ago I was in Ireland. We are an Irish family. You asked me to research the family name, M-O-R-A-N. And in Ireland, it's pronounced moron. That being the case, we are all morons, every (laughs) one of us in our family. She sort of winced, then smiled, and she said, well, you know, Ann, you do drive like Moses. <laughs> I said, Mama, when did you meet Moses? And she sort of smiled again, and she said, you're not funny. And I said, I know. <laughs> so humor, humor always works. I can remember we were in a restaurant. I have beautiful, beautiful friends, Kate. And they were so kind to me during this journey, so kind to Mom. And as I said, she's very direct. So I'm sitting in a restaurant with one friend who was particularly excited that day because her daughter had gotten engaged. And she whipped out a picture of the fiancé, and my mom says, Wow, he's fat. Well, I wanted to go under the table. And then I noticed... Mom was still eating her chicken salad sandwich. She thought nothing of the comment. So often we have to remember, I think, that these people, as they're sick and aging, they lose their filters. Their intention is not to hurt anyone or attack anyone, but often they're coming from so much fear and anxiety, which accompanies disease, cancer, cerebral palsy, multiple sclerosis, whatever it happens to be. And often we will strike out, but in fear. And the intention, if we all just remember not to hurt, if we were thinking joyfully, peacefully, those things would never be said. But my mom, she is a total trip. We were trying to discourage her with the cancer having gone to her brain delicately because caretaking is a delicate dance. We were trying to discourage her from getting her driver's license at 91. And uh, she was very insistent. She was going to drive her car with the license plate P-R-R-F-C-T. Perfect. That was mom's license plate. So we sat down with her one afternoon And we said, Mom, you know, we'll take you anywhere you want to go. It's your turn for us to serve. No, no, I'm getting my car. Mom's car was her ticket to freedom. 
So we finished that day and thought we had reached resolution and mom was going to let us drive her. The next morning, very early, I got a phone call and mom was whispering. And I said, Mom, where are you? I'm at Motor Vehicles. I just got my license renewed. (laughs) I said, oh my, are you going home? No, she said, I'm going to Walmart. I'm going shopping. I said, Mom, did you have to drive or park or... Oh, no, no, I just had to read two lines of the I-chart, and they gave me my license. So we all stepped up our prayers in the family (laughs) because the car was Mom's ticket to independence and freedom. She always insisted on driving. You know, we do sickness on the sick person's terms. And for people who haven't been there, it's probably important to say, you know, for me, a lot of things are black and white, but mom taught me gray, shades of gray. Because when you are aware of the pain, the suffering, the anxiety, the fear, and it's personal, someone in your family, your vision your perspective is a little bit different. And love is sometimes, not all the time, allowing. And right or wrong, I'm a woman of deep faith. I say prayers of protection for all the people I love. So we need to be patient with these people. We desperately need to love them. We are all, every one of us coming from love or we're coming from fear. What is fear? Fear is anxiety. It's hatred. It's negativity. It's everything, in my opinion, that's not of God. When we are loving, we are peaceful and we are trusting of God. But mom was an incredible woman, an incredible woman. She never said the word cancer, not once. We used to ask her on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel? She'd say maybe a a 7. And that was at the beginning of her diagnosis. And that was five days before she passed. Five days before she passed. She would not address the disease. She used to tell us, sometime in the spring I'm going to see a chiropractor. And this was after cancer had cracked her spine, gone to her brain, They had removed part of the top of her head and the side of her face. She was a woman of great courage. Mm -hmm. But that car that she drove, that little Camry, with that license plate perfect, was so symbolic, Kate. Because in dream interpretation, in psychology, the car represents us. And going to or away from something, a goal whatever it happens to be. And the little Camry was red. And also in dream interpretation and psychology, red is a very assertive color. So I learned patience. Have I mastered it? No. (laughs) But I learned a great deal about patience on a daily basis. I also learned to love everyone right where they are. There but for the grace of God go I. We all have weaknesses. We all have faults, but there's only one judge. 
we are here to serve and to do what we can do for those that we love. Caretaking is a very delicate dance, and it's important we remember we do sickness on the sick person's terms. Sometimes we need to talk. Other times when you really love someone, you know that no words are necessary. Some days I'd go to moms and just pick up, sort straws, sort pills, and just sit. Other days I could sense, as she would initiate conversation, that she wanted to talk. The one thing that was very interesting with my mom is she avoided any spiritual or religious conversations. And I would bring books and things that I loved, I thought she might enjoy. And she would tell me to lighten up, (laughs) (laughs) that I needed to watch Archie Bunker or Andy Griffith and get my sense of humor back. She wasn't interested in these spiritual books. Shortly before she passed, I called a priest she was very close to. The family is close to him. A lovely man, and I said, we are not doing well. I wonder, Father, if you would do me a favor and call Mama and just visit with her and give her an opportunity to say whatever it is she wants to say. He said, all right, Anne-Marie. Well, he called her, and he called me back in two minutes. (laughs) Two minutes. I said, Father, you couldn't get her. He said, no, I got her. I said, how'd it go? I said, well, I said, Eileen, how are you? She said, I'm just fine, Father, never been better. How are you? He said, that sort of threw me. And I said, well, is there anything you want to chat about? And she said, no, absolutely not. At 91, I don't commit any sins. What can I do at 91? Good to talk to you. Good night. <laughs> and that was that. Like you said. That was that. You meet the sick person where they are. That's exactly right. But, you know, there was something really beautiful that happened, Kate. I had left, as I said. I kept hauling books in and no lecturing, no discourse. Mom would cut that off, and she didn't want it. Nobody wants it, really. So I'd put the books by her chair, and then, of course, she'd send me home with them the next day. But there was a book on St. John Paul, and inside that book was a nine-day novena. And I came in one day, and she said, Oh, I haven't brought the chicken salad again. Well, of course I had. But uh, she said, Here, you can take this thing out, too. I said, What you got there? She says, That John Paul thing, that book, you can take that home. I said, Did you like it, Mom? Did you read it? I was really excited. And, oh, I glanced through it, and uh, I don't know. I said a few prayers. Uh, Take it home. My mom died on the feast of St. John Paul. Wow. 365 days in the year. And she passed on the feast of St. John Paul. Isn't that incredible? Yes. It's a sign. She said those prayers. And God meets us where we are. Our prayers don't have to be complicated. Kate, we can make our day a prayer. Do something kind for someone. We don't have to read specific prayers. I have some I love. But talk to God. He wants an intimate conversation with us. And an intimate 
conversation is direct. How do you talk to your best friend? I would come home some nights and I would lay in the bed and say, Oh, Lord, I'm kind of beaten up today. Where are you? Now, there are some that would probably say that's just sacrilegious. How do you talk to your best friend on this earth? How do you talk to your husband or your daughter or your brother? You say, where were you? And Jesus honors that. I am totally convinced. And each evening I'd come home, I'd say, okay, today went well, and I'd thank him. Or else I'd say, today was not our best day. Help me make tomorrow better. Give me your eyes, give me your ears, give me your words that I might speak only in love, kindness, and patience. There's another funny story. I'm going to lighten this up a little bit because (laughs) it's so funny. And uh, as I said earlier, Kate, I have the most beautiful friends. And several were there for me on a regular basis, and one in particular. And she called me and she wanted to take Mom to lunch. She knew Mom loved French onion soup. And I said, that's brilliant. She'll love it. I called her. She said, fabulous. Tomorrow morning, I'll be ready. Next morning came. And I called her, as I always did early in the morning. She said, I'm not going today. I said, oh, my, what's wrong? I'm just not going to go today. I don't feel like going. I'll catch up with you later. Bling, the phone hung up. So I called my friend, and I said, I'm so sorry Mom's not up to it today. She said, well, why don't you and I go and just have a nice visit? We did. We enjoyed it. We came out, and Coco, my friend, says, Emery, isn't that your mother? Over there, coming out of the Taco Bell. That's the Camry with the perfect on the license plate, right? I said, oh, my gosh. Coco, she blew us off for a taco. (laughs) And she did. We never mentioned it. You have to laugh, Kate. You have to keep your sense of humor. And we get these stories, these nuggets throughout the pages, because really this is a very succinct book. And that's what we need is these stories that will inspire us and we can apply to all the different situations that we encounter in our day-to-day life. That's what I feel. You're exactly right. And it's funny, when I wrote the book, I had written two others, Wake Up America, Be a Light, which did very well, very factual. This one was different. And I thought, gosh, if others are anything like me, They'll pick up a book or two books or five books, and you've got five chapters read in all of them. You never get a chance to get back to them or to finish them. And I felt this was so important that I took what, to use your terminology, were the nuggets from you can't drive your car to your own funeral, which was my journal, and I designed it deliberately as a two-hour read. I didn't want anyone to miss anything. I thought if I had these lessons to learn that were so valuable and had acquired these tools that helped me beyond human comprehension, then I needed to share it, and I didn't want them to put it down. And so, yes, the book is succinct and hopefully just packed with information and comfort for those who are not just doing caretaking but dealing with difficult people. Yes. You know, another uh, point I'd like to address, many come from families 
or moms, that mother bond connection is so strong and much more than the umbilical cord. These women have told me, you know, oh, my mom would say this to me or that to me. Um, I did an interview in New York just about a week ago, and it was very interesting because the interviewer jumped in and said, oh, my gosh, I had written a thank you note to my mom, and she told me it was the worst thank you note she'd ever seen, that it was awful. And she said, I still remember it. I was young and I'm still carrying that message inside me that, oh, it was bad and I'm awful. And I found it so interesting that God is no chooser of persons. We all have moms, and some moms are very direct. And consequently, we carry those messages for a lifetime. Uh, you had pointed out earlier in our conversation, Kate, you know, my life has been television. I used to do Hollywood interviews for NBC and interviewed Abba Eben and Michael Landon and John Belushi, a lot of people that you know. I love people, absolutely love them, love getting inside their heads. I have always, always been that way. And I can remember my mom saying to me, and you have a glamour hang-up. Well, just like caretaking of a family member, comments from a family member, they're personal. They hit hard. They go into our mental computers, which are full of recorded experiences in our lives, bits and pieces not sorted out with any logic or spirituality, and they pop up to threaten us when we're on the verge of success. And at a particular time in my life, when Mom said that, it affected me deeply, Kate. I left television. I love people, and particularly children. They're so innocent and honest. They're open receptacles of love. So I taught second grade for a year, received some awards for the teaching experience, and was quite content, went over to mom's one day, and she said, Anne, teaching, why are you teaching? You need to be back in television. You were born to do television. Well, I did return to TV, but that was an epiphany in my life. Because we, many of us, live our lives for someone else. We accept messages that come from everywhere. Anyone can say anything. And you know, Kate, when you're a public person, they tend to own you and you come into their homes each day. They can say absolutely anything to you. So the question is, what are we going to take home to our computers, our mental computers, and to our hearts, because for a good period of time, I walked away from my passion, what I loved. I'm a communicator, and I walked away because I love my mom so much and because what she said to me was not just authority and authoritative, but my mom, of all people, would know, and this had to be true. Mm -hmm. Right. We must live our own lives, our own truth, 
our own message. And we know deep inside us, that's where God hid all the secrets. He knew it was the last place we'd love. We must look inside our own hearts and decide what that is. What makes you get up in the morning and just smile and want to get out there and do it? That's your passion. That's your mission. That's what you should be doing. We perform for an audience of one. So the question is, how are we going to spend our lives, these short journeys? How are we going to spend our time taking instruction from everyone around us or listening to our own hearts? We're a world these days that strayed from its heart, and I think that's a problem. Without heart, we're lost. And that's why we need to take time for that introspection. And I feel that you can't drive your car to your own funeral is a great piece of inspiration that is going to be a guide for us on that inner journey and picking it up at various times and maybe just reading one of the very succinct chapters will bring us the story that we need right at that moment. Oh, I I certainly hope so, Kate. I designed it that way. That's my prayer. And I did it deliberately that way. So you could pick it up, and maybe it's a message of faith, just putting God at the helm. Maybe it's a sense of humor, because it's very easy to lose your sense of humor. But it really can be your saving grace. I find sometimes if, if Mom didn't laugh at my jokes, I just thought they were so funny it didn't matter, and it lightened the moment. I don't think there can be any joy without humor, and I should also add, which I have not so far, without forgiveness. Do you agree with that? You know, I think people yes. who cannot forgive this one or that one, whether it's something that happened today, this morning, yesterday, or 20 years ago, I don't think they are capable of joy, true joy. Do you? I absolutely agree with that. Yes. Without the forgiveness, it keeps us stuck. We might think we're making progress, we're growing, but we're not really when we lack that forgiveness. I think that we hold ourselves in bondage when we can't forgive. In my travels, I've heard many, 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 many times, I I love everybody, Anne-Marie. I love everybody. But my sister, my brother. I love everybody but so-and-so. And I've thought long and hard about that. How can we call ourselves lovers if there's just one that we can't forgive, Kate? If there's just one, isn't that holding ourselves in bondage? Yes. It creates stress in the cell, and stress changes the chemical structure of the cells. I've looked at studies from Vanderbilt, from Hopkins. It's overwhelming what stress does. And most scientists have concluded, and certainly at major hospitals, that stress contributes to 97% of disease. It's unbelievable. So that is a, a huge, huge thing in caretaking there's obviously going to be stress. 
And this is why I go back to faith. I go back to a sense of humor. I also go back to forgiveness and letting go. This is a short journey back to God. And I can't stress enough, a short journey. And that being the case, we have to ask ourselves, do we want to shorten it some more? Because that's what we're doing when we're holding on to anger and and we're holding on to judgment and we're holding on to hatred. They are all non-productive. They are destructive. Yes. Destructive. Tremendous need for love today. And I think love is absolutely all there is. Nothing, absolutely nothing else heals. That's my thought. How about you? I couldn't agree more. And to underscore it, that all these words of wisdom are all found in this succinct book, You Can't Drive Your Car to Your Own Funeral, that it gives us an opportunity to think about these very important parts of our life, what really counts. And I have to be so grateful to you, Anne-Marie Hancock, for opening yourself up to wanting to share this part of your life with us. It's an incredible journey and so very beneficial to all of us. Well, I am so grateful for the time with you, Kate. It's been absolutely wonderful, warm, comfortable, down-to-earth, and I thoroughly enjoy that kind of conversation. I cannot mention enough how important this particular book is to me, not because I want just to help everyone suffering and people dealing with difficult people. I want to help those around this country that are suffering with the devastating disease of multiple sclerosis. My daughter has struggled for 20 years. She's a champion. She was a former athlete, tennis player, equestrian, and uh, can no longer walk. So I am heartened and passionate about the book doing well. And please, if you read it, share it, give it to someone else. Go to my website, authorannemariehancock.com. A lot of information there. The book is available. You can't drive your car to your own funeral at bookstores everywhere, Barnes & Noble. You can purchase it on Amazon from Page Publishing. But please give it a try and help multiple sclerosis. I so appreciate this, Kate. And I appreciate you, Anne-Marie, and I'll underscore that we're at the season that we're thinking about gift-giving. This couldn't be a more perfect gift. Thanks, Kate. You're an absolute doll. And with that, we're at the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Anne-Marie Hancock and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Kelly Harding. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your having shared this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I'll get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Click on the On Air tab, then the Podcast tab, and look for the show and guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of kindness and connection. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend. Have a beautiful day.